I didn't realize how much of a spiritual pursuit this is because you have to do like introspection. You have to go into your head, into your subconscious and overcome battles with yourself basically to be successful at this. And I think it translates amazingly into other elements of your life. This is Debbie and welcome to another episode of The Offbeat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditched the norm to become location independent. We'll learn how to create sustainable laptop lifestyles from the experts that will help us achieve freedom from our nine to five. Hey friend, for years now, I've given you a ton of stories on remote workers and digital nomads on this podcast, but I've come to realize that many of you beginners are still unsure on how to take the first steps to creating a freedom lifestyle through online work. Maybe you've been too afraid to take the plunge or just don't feel confident enough to land that online job due to inexperience. Well, I'm excited to announce that I've created a new YouTube series called Trying Remote, where I try a new online job or gig every month to give you a glimpse of what it takes to land a remote job. So if you need a little boost to try something new or just want to see what it takes to get started, you can go to theoffbeatlife.com slash trying remote. Again, you can go to theoffbeatlife.com slash trying remote to find our videos and to subscribe to our new series on YouTube. So please come and join me there so we can uncomfortably grow together. In this episode, I'm so honored to speak with Alex, who is the freelance fairy, full-time freelance writer, a Fiverr millionaire, host of the Freelance Fairy podcast, and the author of the Freelance Your Way to Freedom book. She's also a gig economy content creator who shares information and resources to help people quit their nine to fives and achieve financial freedom. Alex has been freelancing for nearly eight years, detailing how anyone else can make a side hustle lifestyle work for them. So listen on to find out how Alex helps people break out of the corporate monotony and start living their true divine purpose. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. I am really excited to speak with my guest today. I'm here with Alex. Hi, Alex. How are you? Hi, Debbie. I'm well. How are you? I am wonderful. I'm so excited to talk to you today because you are pretty much like the guru of freelancing. But before we get to your incredible journey, can you tell us a little bit more about you and why you live an offbeat life? Yeah. um, So I got started freelance writing almost eight years ago, basically because I could not stand working in a corporate office environment. I was very willing to uh, do anything that worked and freelance writing happened to take off at the time. So I kind of ran with it. And after I got a taste of making my first $100 in one day freelance writing, I definitely knew I would never be setting foot in an office ever again in my life. (laughs) I knew that. I I knew I was going to have to work hard for it, of course. And over the years, I've just kind of been like a slow and steady person with all of it. You know, each year I've tried to increase uh, my output and my bottom line. And I've hired people, I've hired other freelancers now to kind of build out this whole ecosystem that I'm, a, I don't want to say CEO because I'm so against all that corporate stuff, but that, that I'm the like de facto head of basically. And now today I'm kind of a crazy person who has pretty much six to eight different side hustles. One of them being freelance writing, of course, that I kind of manage in a very chaotic way every day. And it allows me basically (laughs) to uh, take off when I want, travel when I want, uh, do whatever I want, basically, because I do all my work through my laptop. And that's pretty much the life I always wanted. So I kind of set out to curate it. And then everything else came secondary. 
And never in a million years could I have imagined that this was going to happen. After I quit that job and got on Fiverr, I still uh, sit here and just go, what the heck just happened the last eight years? (laughs) (laughs) It does. It kind of goes in like a blink of an eye. And then you look back at everything that you've gone through and it's just so crazy. But before you even had all of these different streams of income and you mentioned eight of them, the first one that really got you going was your freelance writing career. Did you have any background in writing at all before you jumped into that? I had the tiniest bit. So I went to college for political science, which I did a lot of writing for that major, but none of it was the type of writing I do now. It wasn't marketing. I didn't have an ounce of marketing education or anything like that. So I went to school for political science, and then I worked for one year in politics in Albany. That required a little bit of writing, but again, it was political. It was so different from what I started to do on Fiverr. So at the time, you know, I knew that I liked to write, but I had never been proclaimed as this, you know, prodigy writer or anything like that. I thought I was okay at it. I didn't think I was like the best writer that ever landed on the planet or anything. So I, I knew I could get by. I knew I knew spelling and pretty decent grammar, but um, <laughs> that was about it, basically. You're like, I could, I, I could pretty much just, you know, survive. <laughs> like I could spell, I can do grammar. So what made you decide that this was something that you wanted to start off as your first freelancing gig, especially if it wasn't something that you had any previous experience in aside from school and would your job just basic writing for that? Yeah, I kind of owe it to my mom, actually, because while I was working in Albany, I think I was texting her one day saying that I was bored because I used to always do all my work in an hour and a half. And then I would just sit there <laughs> in this cubicle and be like, oh my God, I have to do this for another 40 years. I'm I'm going to hate my life. This is terrible. Yeah. And I used to text her, oh, I'm so bored at this job. And she, she told me one day back in 2015, she's like, oh, I heard about this website where you can make $5 if you, you know, sell something on it. You should check it out. So I went on to Fiverr at the time and it was only $5 back then. And I set up a service to edit stuff for people. I was like, you know, if someone will pay me five bucks to edit something and I'm just going to sit here anyway, sure, (laughs) I'll do it. So I had had some background with Fiverr, the tiniest bit. I didn't take it seriously at all until I quit that job. And then I was sitting there in the practical side of my brain. There's always like, I have two sides of my brain that are very like creativity and practical and they always fight with each other. But the practical side was like, You've been on this website for a year and it's made you like $200. You got nothing else right now. So time to swallow your pride and maybe see if it can make you some more money. And I was like, good thought, good thought. And um, (laughs) that was kind of it. People, I think, always think I had this big plan or it was premeditated or I always knew that I was going to be the freelancer girl. And I always try and make sure I tell people that none of this was planned. So it's really okay to be messy with all of this. Yeah. And you know, that's a really good point that you're making there, Alex, is that sometimes you don't really need a huge plan. Sometimes it's more important to take action uh, because sometimes you over plan things and it actually stops you from taking that first step because then you start telling yourself, you know, you're talking about your internal thoughts like, okay, well, I didn't do this yet. Then I can't start it. And then you end up like a year later and you still haven't done anything. So it's better to be messy, taking messy actions than not taking any at all. Absolutely. I always tell people that in my social media posts, I'm like, perfectionism is the worst thing in the world because there is no (laughs) such thing as perfect. And 
you know, when you get all caught up in that, then you start to procrastinate, then you start to self-doubt, you know, imposter syndrome, all those things pop up as opposed to just diving in head first, like be a crazy person like me, just go off, <laughs> you know, go on a whim, follow your intuition. It, it's fun. It makes life fun. Yeah. And, and you, you know, you're mentioning crazy person, you either go it and then it turns badly, but you learn from it or it turns really well. And you're, you're like Alex here, where it's like eight years later and you have multiple streams of income um, and you're enjoying your life. So you mentioned, and I see this a lot with a productive people, right? You worked in your corporate job, you're super productive, you're able to do everything in like an hour or, you know, or two, and then you're super bored. And this is the thing, right? If you're stuck in a cubicle, people are watching you. So you're pretending like you're working because you don't, you're like, okay, what do I do? So I think for you as well, like doing these freelance work also worked with your personality and how productive you are because you are being paid by what you're doing, right? Instead of just like being there. Absolutely. That was um, an element of it that was addicting to me at first and I got started <laughs> and it still is. I was like, wow, I could actually be rewarded for my productivity and my mm -hmm. efficiency. I always felt frustrated even in school, you know, even in middle school and high school, I was always very annoyed in class when I'd show up to class and be like, Hey, let's get this test done. And there'd be like the six kids that have to just, you know, I don't know, like throw their tantrums or whatever. And then next thing you know, 40 minutes went by and we didn't do anything. Like even when I was 11, that annoyed me. I'd be like, I could just be at home right now on a hike then if this is how everyone's going to be. So that stuff's always annoyed me through life. So yeah, once I got a taste for, I don't have to like slow down for anybody. I don't have to adhere to these made up rules that make it appear like we're being productive and whatever. And I was like, this is great. This is, I am addicted. <laughs> this is, I'm never going back. And uh, I was so happy with that, the beginning, and, and that was me for a few years, really four years before I started to actually open my mouth and tell other people about it. It was just me in cafes happy. <laughs> I love that. Alex is like, it was just me in cafes happy, just living my <laughs> life. <laughs> yeah, I was pretty happy. I don't know if we can swear or not, so I'm trying not to swear. <laughs> Yeah, you're just like, I'm I'm so happy right now. Did people, I mean, you know, it's there's a huge difference with your aura, with your personality when you're in something or at your job or even relationships when you're really unhappy. And then all of a sudden there's a switch and you change something in your life and you are just this totally different person. Did other people see that in you as well once things started changing for you? Oh my gosh. I think it was probably night and day. Um, when I was, when I was at that corporate job, the one I was only at for four weeks, I was so miserable. Like I was crying. I wasn't texting people back. I was in like a dark place for four weeks with that. And then once I started doing this, I totally started to, you know, get to know really myself more. And like I say, a lot of my podcasts, this whole like freelancing business journey is hugely spiritual, which nobody really talks about. And that's why I'm happy like more women are getting involved with this stuff. Because the guys <laughs> of the past, I'm not saying now, I'm not putting people in the box, but they don't really talk about, you know, Fortune 500 executives don't get on their interviews and go, so anyway, I talked to God this morning, you know, you don't hear that. <laughs> so I was like, wow, I didn't realize how much of a spiritual pursuit this is because you have to do like introspection. You have to go, you have to do shadow work. People call it, you know, you have to go into your head, into your subconscious 
and overcome battles with yourself, basically, to be successful at this. And I think it translates amazingly into other elements of your life. It's like triply beneficial. I don't even know if that's a word. It's like three times as beneficial, basically, because you're doing the self-work that you never would have done at the corporate job. And I think that's a huge part of why people end up so unhappy at those jobs after a while, because they aren't being challenged in a spiritual way. Yeah. And, and I think for most people, and you know, I was in corporate too, I think we're just so busy just trying to survive and just, right. And just trying to be like, I'm going to be okay. And then meanwhile, you're literally waking up panicking because you have to go to a job that you absolutely hate. And you can't even think about what you really want, or you're talking about spirituality. Like that's, that's not even in the realm of thinking. Cause you're just like, Oh my God. <laughs> no, but that's so, you know, even saying that, like how messed up is that? I'm, I mean, yeah. I don't hide on your social media, how passionate I am about this side of it. Like it's like mental servant. Like you're, you're like a servant. I mean, it, it's just unbelievable. And these people that I see, who will end up on my stuff. They're at the tail end of corporate or they just got out of corporate. I observe things in them that resemble brainwashing that went on, like actual mental brainwashing. And I was in it for such a short amount of time. I'm a little removed from understanding that. Like my best friend uh, quit her job last year to work with me. So she did six years and I still see it in her. That feeling of she can't let herself just take off Friday afternoon and enjoy it because she works for herself now. Like there's that feeling of, you know, your manager's over, always over your shoulder going, no, 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 pretend you're typing. <laughs> and it, it honestly resembles people who broke out of brainwashing. It's disturbing and it's not fun. I'm not like laughing because it's not funny, but it's just, it's, it's blows my mind that we accept this as normal. That's what it is. Like that this is normal. Yeah. Well, it's it's understandable because honestly, when we go to school, that's what we're told is what we right. should expect. And then when they meet somebody like you, Alex, is like, no, you actually don't have to go through that. You're right. It's just trying to go back and being like, okay, what I was taught isn't always the right thing. There are other avenues to create a life and to create freedom for yourself. And it is okay to relax and not be fearful that you don't feel productive if you take a day off. Um, And nobody's going to yell at you for it and it's going to be okay. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's just, it's unbelievable. Like what it does to people and People always come for me. They're like, well, some people like their corporate jobs. I'm always like, okay, I'm not talking to them. I'm talking (laughs) to them. But I do believe the majority of people do not feel mentally, emotionally, spiritually fulfilled by their corporate job. And I could go into detail on why that is. But I, I do, yeah. I mean, I see it as one of my responsibilities right now to just let people know that they don't have to accept that. There's, there's options for you. There's many options. I mean, it's a remarkable time to go into business today. I always say, you know, you can get started freelancing with actually $0 down, like $0, which means it's so not risky that I always say people, you know, why wouldn't you try it at least? Because in the past, you had to get out a business loan. You had to buy the store on Main Street. You had to, you know, <laughs> if it went under, you're going to go bankrupt. All these risky things, which I get because I don't like to gamble. I'm not big with with gambling money. I don't like to like put money into something and cross my fingers. So I always say it's not risky. Like we've been taught it is. It's not. Yeah, absolutely. There's just so much 
more opportunities that we've never had before. And I think if you have that opportunity, why not take advantage of it, right? And I'm sure your parents, your mom, my parents would have wished they had this opportunity before because they probably could have spent more time with us, spent time doing what other things that they love. And instead of waiting to retire to actually live the life that that you want, which is also pretty sad if if you think about that or like waiting for the two week vacations that you get every single year. Oh yeah. I have so many thoughts on that too, especially (laughs) here in Florida. I'm surrounded by a lot of retired people. Nothing wrong with that. I love older people. They're my fave, but I do see, (laughs) I do see that retirement is not all it's cracked up to be either. And that's kind of like the golden pot at the end of the rainbow that's promised to people is hey, if you sell your individuality basically and suffer at this job for 35 years, we'll set you free. But then I see these people who are free and they don't really have anything to do. They don't really have any soul purpose right now. They don't really have any fire, you know, lighting them up and making them excited. And they're almost just as unhappy. And there's a little like lackluster vibe to them too that was in that office job. So it's just, it ruins your whole life basically because- I also think it's, we've been pushed this, oh, you can retire and you're done, you're free. I don't think it's good for the human spirit to just have no purpose ever. I don't think that's how we were made to be. So I think you're supposed to always want to be working on something really until the day you die. But there's all those negative connotations when you hear the word productivity or work because people are so scarred from these jobs, but they hear work and they're (laughs) like, oh my God, no, 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 ew, ew, ew. And I'm like, no, no, don't make it emotional. Like, just think of the actual word work. You really are your happiest if you're working towards something your whole life. I really believe that. I I definitely agree with that because once you stop having a purpose in your life, it's like you're dead. You know, it's like there's nothing else. There's nothing else for you to work towards. And, you know, I'm I'm here with my parents. They're retired and they have a purpose. They like they love their gardening. Like it may not seem a lot for a lot of people, but that's like their purpose. It's like their babies. And I see other and also that's what I see the difference between people who retire and have no purpose and they're just staying at home watching TV all day and they deteriorate super quickly than the people that are more active, that they do have work of some sort. So yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And it does, it does have a negative connotation when you're trying to say, you know, you still have to do things, even though you're retired, you still have to have something to do to keep your mind. And also that's really important to keep your mind active and your body active, because once you're just stagnant, then, you know, what's there, just a coffin that's waiting for you. I mean, yes, yes. You know, so Alex, you had mentioned that now you have different income streams. You you mentioned eight, right? So the first one was your your writing gig, and what's the rest? What's the seven of them? I'm so interested in this because you're definitely a smart person. So I'm like, let me take notes from Alex. <laughs> I should um, I need to have a sticky note that lists them because whenever I have to list them out loud, I like somehow forget them, which is crazy because I worked on half of them this morning. Okay, so we have the freelance writing business one, YouTube. Two, affiliate links, affiliate marketing, three, influencing brand deals, four, online courses, five. I just two hours ago launched um, my own digital products now, like downloadable PDFs and things like that. So that's six. Then this is when I start to blank because I'm like, wait, no, there's more. There's more. 
books. I have a, an ebook and I have my um, first official book coming out in October 08th, my podcast. There's actually even more than that, but I'm going to stop there. I'm going to forget them. <laughs> I love that. And it, it also entwines with each other. You know, it started with exactly. one. Yeah. And then now you have like all of those things also aligns with your writing, you know, the books that you, the, the book that you're writing and that's coming out soon, the digital products that you have and influencing part of that is being able to write really well so you can market to people. And also, you know, your personality comes along with that and it goes through your YouTube channels, your your podcast, and obviously on social media. So it's kind of like just taking things that you're already doing and creating income from that, which is one of the simplest ways to actually create income. It's just, you know, you're already doing it, may as well make money from it. <laughs> That's kind of where I'm heading with my brand right now. Like I want to help people because I, I feel like I've hit the freelancing thing so hard. I have every product you could ever want for freelancing. <laughs> I kind of want to help people, though, move into a how to productize their knowledge, which is all that I'm doing over here. And, and I've been calling it knowledge products. So kind of help people realize like everybody has a unique experience or piece of information you might not think you do, but you do, trust me, that you can put into a PDF or an ebook and sell through a website or through a link on a social media. And, you know, you can sell it anywhere. And that's passive income once you set it up. Obviously, it takes some time. But once you set it up, I mean, that is my belief in the quickest way to get to financial freedom and to live independent of money worries. If you want to be your most, I'm my most creative self right now because I don't have to worry about money right now like I did eight years ago because of these passive income streams. So I do always want to help people understand like anybody can sell knowledge products. I'm just, I happen to be doing it, but anybody else can be doing it too. Yeah. Absolutely. And obviously, it takes a little bit of time, a little bit of tweaking, understanding what your audience wants. And that's super important. But since you are doing all of these things, and you have your hands in a lot of different projects, how do you keep up with all of this? Because I can see it getting really overwhelming if it's, you know, just you. (laughs) So for the longest time, it was just me. And I've always lived by a kind of uh, batching approach. So, for example, Wednesdays are upload the podcast and YouTube days. Fridays are upload the podcast, write the scripts for the next podcast. You know, Tuesdays are film the TikTok days. So I, for my brain, I categorize stuff per blocks each week. Because if I tried to hit all eight every single day, I think I'd go crazy. Um So that's kind of how I approach it. But I do have help right now. And I'm always like honest about this. Uh, My best friend is basically my COO of everything. Um, She is the, I always forget, is it right or left brain? Right's creative, left is technical, right? I always forget. I think so. I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) One of me, she's the CPA, the tax accountant. I'm the crazy other ones. So we work really well together (laughs) because things that I might forget or misplace, like I misplace really important documents all the time. I forget about mortgages. Uh, She's the one who's like, hey, this is, it's the first of the month. Hello, come back down out of the clouds. So I, I suggest finding a person who's opposite to you eventually to work on this stuff with you, but you don't have to do that in the beginning. Uh, That's only been the last two years. I did this without her for six years. So I don't want people to think you have to hire people. You don't. Uh, if it gets just absolutely crazy at some point, it might be a good idea. 
Yeah, especially if you're like Alex, who has a lot of hands and a lot of different things. And it can get really confusing, too, when when you are doing all of that yourself. And I'm a huge believer of delegation because we can't do everything ourselves. And like you had mentioned, Alex, like you tend to forget things and then you're screwed <laughs> and then it goes downhill from there. I was scrolling through your social media the other day and you talk about and you didn't mention this is one of your income streams that you have bought like properties and houses too. That's a major income stream that you forgot about. So I'm like, Alex, yeah. tell us more about that. <laughs> I know. I think I shy away from that one because I get so <laughs> much hate. Like people always say, oh, what is it? Landlords or thieves or oh I don't my know. I gosh. hate for that one. Um, yeah, so I bought, I currently own three properties. I own the house I'm in right now that I live in. And then I own two apartments in Miami and my sister's one of my tenants. Funnily enough, my mom actually came up with the idea because my sister was going to have, she was going to get kicked out because they were going to raise her rent so much. So my mom's like, why don't you buy her apartment <laughs> and then you can help her out, you know, without raising the rent too high on her. And it was actually a great idea because it's a beautiful apartment. Yeah, I have two rental properties right now. I'm not sure if it is for me though long term. I kind of I'm still like in the in the middle with it. I might in the long term just keep my house and keep my sister's apartment and kind of call it good with that. Um, <laughs> I'm not great with like customer service stuff. Like I tried Airbnb, absolutely hated it. Um, when people are messaging me saying like I don't like the curtain, I'm like I don't care. Um, <laughs> Like I'm like a hyper aware person that if I think I'm not doing a good job at providing you with a living space, I can't sleep at night. Like, so yeah. I, I get a little too in my head with it. I don't think I'm cut out to be a landlord. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's, I'm kind of in the middle of deciding what I want to do with the whole real estate thing. I kind of want to sell the one and just start buying land instead and put gardens on it. Oh, that's, that's so cute. You, do you like to garden, Alex? Is that one of your like passions? <laughs> I'm trying to get into it. I actually have like zero gardening knowledge. Um, I have this big plan. Like I want to make this huge secret garden thing at my house because I love being around nature and plants. So I'm starting to read books on it because I really have no knowledge. I'm, I'm not a gardener, but I'm going to try to become one. <laughs> Wait, you, you need to meet my parents then because if you see their house right now, they have a secret garden. This is like their babies and they have fruit trees everywhere. And we literally just eat everything from, from the garden. We don't even go to the grocery store anymore. Isn't that so amazing here in Florida? Yes. I'm from upstate New York where you, you know, stuff grows for like three months if you're lucky. And down here, like my stepdad is crazy. He, if I go over to my mom's, like we can eat a full meal from stuff he got out of the backyard and it just blows my, it's like so silly, right? That that blows your mind. Cause that's how humans like used to live. Um, but it's great. I mean, there's something really spiritually nourishing about plucking something out of your yard and eating it, not to mention all the crap they put on our food today. So I'm, I'm all for it. <laughs> I love gardening. I I know. I love it. I, I, I'm the same way. Like I'm in New York City uh, for most of the year and I'm like, I can't grow anything here and except if they're like indoor plants. So I'm like, yes, trying to eat everything right now. And I'm going to try to bring as much like fruits and veggies when we get back to New York. Yeah. I'm like, this is so fresh. But I do want to go back to what you had mentioned before about shying away from talking about 
you know, owning these properties because of the feedback that you're getting, right? And I think it's so interesting that you have to shy away from one of your successes because owning three properties, you're under 30, right, Alex? You're you're not even 30 yet. I'm now 29. I'm now just so So for somebody, you know, uh, owning one home is already successful in most people's eyes and honestly in everybody's eyes, right? And being under 30, but you own three of them, but you feel like you have to shy away from that because of what other people are saying to you. That's really, to me, that's really upsetting because I'm like, we should be celebrating Alex because she's freaking awesome and she's she owns three houses right now. Granted, you're probably not enjoying it as much, but you know, that's the choice. It's not what you like, but still I'm like that's that's pretty baller (laughs) I'm like Alex is pretty baller for that so first let's take that moment to congratulate her um but I think it's it's you know it's one of those things that you either love it or hate it but also I just want to you know get to that fact that like whoever's doing that you're all weirdos and you probably haven't accomplished anything that's why you're bringing her down but yeah I just wanted to take the time to to congratulate you on that Alex (laughs) oh thank you I know it's sad it's I don't let it get me down uh because I know where those people are coming from I know what dark of a place they must be in but some days it can just be so exhausting on social media I'm almost go to the I'd rather just post you know, something about mindset than just get the 500 people telling me to go die. It just gets kind of old. So it's sad that that's how it is. Um, people have heard me say in my stuff, I'm not trying to make it like a man or woman thing, but I just get absolutely crucified on social media for being a woman posting about money. I'm hoping that'll change eventually. I, it doesn't matter if it does or doesn't. It just, it, I wouldn't change anything about it, you know, but yeah, it's just, it is, it is too bad that people react that way. Um, maybe if there's enough of me and yous in the world, that'll go away, <laughs> right? I don't know. Maybe it'll just become normal and everyone will calm down. Yeah. And and I think it's also the mindset because I do have to say there's going to be a lot more people who are for you than against you. But it's always those people who are trolls, right, That that do call that out, that do say something to you. And I think that that's unfortunate because I'm pretty sure with the, you know, 50 people that are saying negative things, there's like a few thousand people who are looking at you as an inspiration, Alex. So, but what I do tend to find with social media, and I took like a year break from it because it can be really toxic, is I just go there to post and then leave and not even read anything because people can be pretty brutal, especially with you, Alex, and you have a a large audience, you know? Yeah. So, no, yeah, it's like that's how I've started to become with my social media. And I think in a way that that can be, you know, that is too bad that I can't be as present with my followers as I'd like to be because I do actually care and I, I do want to answer people's questions and I do want to help them realize what's possible for them. So it's too bad that some of these people, you know, can ruin it for the rest. But I am, I'm in the process of trying to strike a balance with social media. I've cut back on um, mornings and evenings with it. And I've replaced it with reading books instead, which they, I've known I should be doing <laughs> forever. And it's been wild how much better it is for my mental health. I'm also learning. It's great. Like I'm happier. So if you're listening to this first hour of your morning, reading a book instead of your phone does wonders, truly. 
Yeah, and you're actually living life instead of being on screen. And um, I had one of my friends who who also took like a break, and I took a break for a while. And she was like, "Wow, it's isn't it crazy how much you get done and how much life yeah. you actually live when it's outside of the screen and you're not like scrolling through or posting about certain things." And um, yeah, your mental health just improves so much after that it's kind of crazy <laughs> it's nuts you know like even 10 years ago this wasn't even our reality we didn't even have any of these apps and now like they take over your whole life <laughs> yeah I was I was in high school like when Twitter and Facebook and stuff started to pop up I remember I just got out of high school before it became a thing though you know so I yeah I see a lot of this stuff now I really empathize sympathize with um kids, people who, you know, teens and stuff who are trying to do school now with these phones and I see what it's doing to them and it's terrible. And I'm, I'm very like down the middle with it. Cause I think, you know, here I am using these phones basically to get my message out and change people's lives, which is a positive side of it. But then there's always the negative. I can't imagine being 16 right now and everyone can send, um, you know, post stuff on Instagram, making fun of each other, send stuff yeah. in DMs, the bullying that can go on with it is just, I see it on the news is terrible. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of crazy. And, but honestly, I'm so glad I didn't have to go through all of that. Cause imagine, no. oh my gosh, that's, that's way worse than just like bullying at school. Then you take it on the internet and it's, it's a whole thing, but Alex, so let's, you know, you've gone through so many things the last eight years of your life, right? And I'm, positive that you're going to go through a ton more and you're going to succeed in so many other things because you just have this type of mindset that you just try different things. And, and I think that's what people, you know, will get from this is just try, you know, you, you just can't be afraid to try new things because even though you will fail, things will also succeed. Let's look forward to maybe 30 to 40, maybe even 50 years from now, Alex, and you're looking back at your life. What legacy would you like to leave and what do you want to be remembered for? Yeah. So I'm always, I'm annoying when people ask me this question because <laughs> I really, you know, I really can't answer it. And here's why though, because I totally live my life. I surrender. No, for real. Like I surrender I call him God. If this, if you want to call him the universe, that's fine. The being, okay. We'll call him the being. I surrender to that being every day. And I basically get rid of my pride. Pride's a huge problem. I think for people in doing all of this, I put my pride to the side and, Oh, wouldn't it be cool if I own this? Wouldn't it be cool if I own that? And I just go, you know what, whatever crazy stuff you want to bring my way, I'm down. I'm down. Let's do it. Cause that's what my life has been the last eight years. So I, really only plan. I set goals for 12 months at a time and I do not set them past 12 months because who the freak knows? I mean, at, at times I thought I wanted to be the president. I own an animal sanctuary. I'd love to be a critically acclaimed author who's written 30 books that helped people. And I'd love to travel to every country. You know, there's so much stuff. I'd, I'd love to DJ. Um, my recent thing I th think would be fun is I'd love to voice an animated character on a kid's oh, TV so show. Cool. <laughs> I think I'd have so much fun with that. Not saying that I have, like, I'm good at that. I just would have fun at it. But it's, I just basically allow whatever it is, whatever crazy stuff. And my life has been so random because I just kind of sit back and it's made it so fun and unpredictable that way that I'm sorry to be so annoying with that answer, <laughs> but I really, I don't know what I'm going to be known for. Um, but I have no doubt it's going to be fun and awesome because 
God slash the universe, I believe, has way better stuff planned for us than we could ever think up in our own little human heads. I actually, honestly, I'm not annoyed. I love that, Angela, because you're just open to to whatever comes to you. And, you know, that's I think more of us should be like that. I think we're so structured sometimes that we forget to actually live and we don't notice opportunities that are right in front of us. Right. We're so like focused on, okay, I got to do this, this and this. And then we miss out on life and what it is to to truly live and to experience things. And, you know, one of that is because we're always in our screens. <laughs> yes, bringing it back to the screens. No, absolutely. That's I think that's half of why people don't feel like they're happier living today because we, you know, the hyper productivity hustle, whatever, everyone thinks they need to have everything gridded out. You know, I have, I have friends when we were 20, they're like, well, at 27, I'm going to get married. And at 29, I'm going to have my first kid. And then by 31, I'm going to get the promotion. And I'm just like, that's cool that you're pumped for your life. Like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not hating on you for that. But I just know, like, you can't, you can't plan that stuff. But, you know, I, I just think, if you surrender a little bit, but it involves a little self-work. You have to let go of your pride a little bit with that. And that's all the self-work that goes on. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. I've I've seen um, people in my life who are like that too. And I'm thinking in my head sometimes, I'm like, oh man, they really think all of this is going to happen at, at that specific time. And sometimes, you know, what what I learned, especially in my 20s, was you plan things out and then you really think it's going to happen and then you're given a curveball. And sometimes you're so into it that you don't know how to react anymore because you thought this is it, right? Especially when things are going, they're aligning the right way. And then all of a sudden you're given a curveball and you're like, oh my God, you start panicking. And you don't know what to do with yourself. So exactly. <laughs> that's kind of, right? No, I know. And that's why like being <laughs> agile with it, I think, can make everything just easier if you're willing to allow the change to happen. Love that. Well, thank you so much, Alex, for joining us today. We really appreciate you and for sharing with us your journey. If our listeners want to learn more about you, where can they find you? All over the internet, every social media <laughs> app, everything. Um, Probably easiest would be to just go to my website. Everything's linked there. So it's just alexfasulo.com. Perfect. Thank you, Alex. We appreciate you. Thank you for having me on, Debbie. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Alex. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the extended interview where she shares how to get over the fear of getting started. Hey friend, have you been wanting to start a podcast? I know it can be overwhelming in the beginning. Believe me, I have been there. Lucky for you, we have created a new site called howtocreatepodcast.com that shares a ton of freebies that can help you get started. From launching, growing to monetizing, we share it all in one place. Visit howtocreatepodcast.com for more information. Hey listeners, thank you for listening to this episode and I'm so thankful for your support. I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode and get suggestions on guests, topics we can discuss, and so much more. Feel free to reach out at hello at theoffbeatlife.com and let me know what you'd like to hear. If you like the show, don't forget to give us some love and review on iTunes. Thank you again for being a part of this journey and I can't wait to hear how your location-independent story will unfold. <laughs>